0: Man-demic. By the
1: way, I saw. You know what
0: I want is a spam demic That's right. Something that says...
1: I saw the other day a graphic that said "2020 brought to you by the organizers of the Fire Festival." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Have, you, have, good.
0: have you seen the memes that are that are like whoever started their game in Jumanji? Yeah, you Need to yeah, wrap it up real
1: yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> This is out of hand. Oh, my gosh. Can we just talk about how crazy it is that we're using the word pandemic on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know. But it's not like when
0: you say you're starving and you're just mildly hungry. Yeah. yeah it's that. like an actual pandemic. Were, <laughs> li- this is
1: literally a pandemic. This is it. I feel like we are literally in one, right? This isn't. They have, well, the, the who, not the band, but the, the World they Health they Organization. They said it so, yeah. yeah. they uh, yeah. Declared it. So predictions, Chase, since you're so good at this. Uh, is this the first of many or just like one in a hundred year kind of thing? What do you think? Pandemics? Yes. Uh, I really don't know. I, dude, there's, there's so many theories out there about this thing
0: right now. There's people that think it's uh, man-made in China. <laughs> I want someone close to me, I won't say who, say, you know, this kind of seems like uh, uh, a man-made disease to get rid of liberals or Democrats, because it's only attacking big cities, and that's where Democrats live. we got oh, a presidential election lines. coming up in uh, okay. November. Okay. I was like, that's a, that's a TV show right there. That's probably what i Those
2: people say is the opposite, though. Yeah, that's right. Because right. they want Trump to lose the It election. all started with uh, too many Z-packs. That's what got us here. That's yeah. A,
1: yeah, that's the definitely... The systems. Yeah, the over, over-prescribing of antibiotics. That, that was going on in China, probably. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I don't know anything about that country, honestly. Yeah, me neither. Except for, I think, our whole economic system is completely dependent upon them now. Because then they recovered, you know? Yeah, that's (laughs) right.
2: Like, please get back to work. (laughs) Somebody said something like, I'm not going to buy anything from China. I don't want to get the disease. I'm like, (laughs) pretty much everything. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. You can't afford (laughs) made in the USA, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So,
1: it's interesting we're talking about money leading into this because... Yes. Yes. You're welcome. Yes, this episode. I've realized over over the years that we've been doing this chase. You set me up for the segue, so I'd like to officially thank you. Years we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, because it's been right. years. Yes, we don't talk about that anymore. Literally, years. crazy. Years. Um, so we're talking about we bring up money and finances and China. Let's, here's what's on everybody's mind. I believe now we're kind of like we've weathered the. All right, how do we bring fitness to us? What are we going to do in our driveways, garage? How are we going to make this a priority? How's Cody helping us? Now we're into. All right, got to talk about our mental sanity just a little bit and trying to stay grounded and... How much YouTube is too much YouTube? Yeah, that's right. I'm, re- I'm really doing that experiment right now. So far,
2: haven't reached the limit. You haven't found, I haven't limit. found the <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much stuff Can to Can we discover. talk real quick about how much money these YouTube people make? It you is insane. You don't know
0: who's about to start making a lot of money, given the time that we're recording this, is the Twitch streamers the the gaming gaming oh, streamers man. oh yeah twenty four seven they can stream now and
2: it's just is, constant is, does this sound right that you get seven dollars per thousand views on a video or something like that on uh, on, on YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. I really don't know I I the old I used to know the old algorithm I don't know it now I heard that if somebody was telling me about this guy and uh, that he watches on YouTube he said he gets seven dollars per thousand views uh, per video and I went to his like, like his videos have like twenty five million Views on them or something like that. It's a lot of money. I was thinking about Sorry own Channel. I'm pretty sure should, I paid a thousand. Yeah.
1: Seven bucks, I mean, that's two kill clips, right? And yeah.
0: change. I'm gonna really curb my Wendy's habit make it worthwhile. Ben's just going to be watching <laughs> over and over and over
2: again. Just, just leave a repeat <laughs> while he sleeps. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> probably, He's got like all these shell YouTube accounts that are subscribing to his channel. <laughs> <laughs> Your best best YouTube uh, channel ever. Yeah.
1: I have to, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but my kids lately have been walking around because they watch the uh, Ireland Boys. You guys what? heard of the Ireland Boys? They're, they're pretty funny. On yeah, YouTube. Conor McGregor's. uh, kids? No, to- totally different than you would expect. But anyway, they've been walking around going, Wendy's, Wendy's nuts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, wait a minute, guys. You know what that means. You don't, you know, I don't think you know what that means yet. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's pull back on the YouTube and the Island Boys, right? YouTube uh, is
2: overtaking uh, TV. Like, YouTube people are more famous than uh, TV actors. Oh, yeah. So a lot I'm of it makes sure. sense,
1: though, especially in light of what we're how we're consuming content during the quarantine or... What do they call it? Self-quarantining? Self, uh... Oh, it's not quarantine. Because quarantine has a specific definition. It's self-isolation. or Self-isolation, yeah. I mean, I find myself doing that. I know we talked a lot last episode about what's binge-worthy. But at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? I want to be in control of this content. I find myself going a lot towards uh, musicians that are on YouTube that, you know doing crazy things, like, man, I didn't get a chance to see that that concert, but I can tune in here and watch this, so, I think people enjoy being in in charge of the type of content. Well, you like behind-the-scenes stuff, too, Oh man, so, I think
2: that just the, you you feel more connected to the person on YouTube, because it's more real, it's not so highly produced.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've been pretty proud of, um, you know, I don't often say this, but, the Hollywood portion of our society that's been willing to just like hop on to a Zoom or a Facetime and be recorded, and you can tell yeah, quite right. obviously like they they ran out of the kitchen. Do you and, you know? Uh, yeah. Do you
2: guys listen or follow Gary V at all? Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-mm. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. No, I did. Oh man, you gotta look him up. He's very foul, but he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's 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 a YouTube guy, Instagram guy, all the type of stuff. But he. He's a really smart businessman. He's always talking about this and he's talking about how Hollywood is going away and the Instagram and YouTubers are becoming the most popular. And he said the Hollywood celebrities who are not jumping on board are getting left behind. And so they have to. They mm-hmm. got they they got to be on there putting out stuff. Gary Vee was talking about TikTok last summer. Yep. He's like you got to get on TikTok. It's about to blow up and it is it blowing did. up now. You know who
0: which Hollywood A Lister was ahead of the curve before anybody? Will Smith. Was that's on good.
2: TikTok he was on TikTok?
0: Uh, well I don't know if he's on TikTok but he was the head of the YouTube game. Yeah. He totally had surprised. he had a dedicated uh staff around him. Like I got rid of a lot of his other stuff and that like people filming him and everything he was doing and just constant content. And we like know his personality. I like it's, the
1: stuff when they got a camera guy just following sure. him around and you just see their day to day life and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's fun Yeah, yeah. I mean the, you're right, the other guys are like the carpool karaoke, that sort of stuff that's kinda Yeah, that's
0: yeah, yeah. That's kind. Of, that's not. I don't think that's what the Gary guy's talking about. Although it is important because even SNL is finally caught up, where like they're putting out everything on YouTube now because they know that's where
2: he's talking about has. like putting out ten to twenty pieces of content a day. Just like, hey, I'm in line. This is what I. This is what I bought for line You know, just keeping people engaged. That's crazy. You, if you it, if
0: you are like trying to make it in the YouTube game, if you don't upload every single day you get left behind in, in the algorithm just because of mm-hmm. how it pushes. That's well, not Which, granted, it's, I don't think it's a good system, but it's the way the system works right now. Right now. So. That's that's not sustainable, though. I have no idea. I mean, it's if you have
2: Because of what Gen phone, Z thinks up next. You can put a five-minute video up like that. Like, you can... YouTube yourself, do it. This is working. work I post it on there. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you what would worry me is like producing that much content, you're guaranteed to slip up at some point and just wreck public perception accidentally. It happens all the time. Yeah, it's a, you know, but I guess for, for the consumer, somebody's next in line. Right? Yeah, right. So yeah, but I, I don't know, maybe it's an advantage for us these days that all this stuff has happened before we're sequestered to our suburban yeah. boxes. Trying to figure out what are we gonna to do to pass the time. You well, know? Like,
2: yeah, who's uh, who's who's thriving right now? People that are doing stuff online because everybody's got a lot of time now. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's right. In fact, we were just discussing off mic uh, Jimmy Fallon's first couple of episodes. Yeah, he's totally winging it, man, and his his daughter's over there banging on the piano. He tries to do a monologue and it totally sucks. (laughs) But then the next episode he pulls out an iPad and he's got a laugh track that he's hitting, you know. Oh really? Yeah, so he's figuring out and then you like last night my wife and I watched Jimmy Fallon for fifteen minutes try to set up a tent in his front yard. Really? (laughs) That's funny. I've never been camping. My parents would never be outside at night on purpose. (laughs) And then he then he tries to put up this tent. The box says it's supposed to take 20 minutes. It actually takes him over an hour <laughs> to assemble this tent. Yeah, that's funny. I'm riveted. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Jimmy Fallon. The only thing I could keep thinking was, that's Jimmy Fallon's front yard. That's he, pretty cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm a. I
2: am a behind. You feel the scenes a lot guy. more connected to him. I think yeah. people just in general are tired of like the overproduced. Like, yeah. like this is not everybody. Kind of sees through the facade at this point. Like with everything, like media. <laughs> you know. Uh, tv shows everything they're like i want things that are real that that actually are real and so i think that's why people are drawn to like youtubers or instagram people because for so long it
0: was so hard to nail that like high production really polished look but nowadays like anyone can pull that off Mm -hmm. so it's just like it's completely backtracking the other way of what people are interested in well not anyone
1: that's why we have you yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) not anyone but yeah the behind-the-scenes deal, the being real—I mean, I—I I think that that's starting to trickle down to a lot of things. I mean, you think about inside of the Coyote Fitness er- arena. Hey, ten minutes in, we're on. Almost- yeah, right. yeah. No, no, I, I, no segue there. I'm just saying, like, it's not like the coaches, are like, oh, you know, we're the super athletes and we're the. You know what's common inside of our fitness world is to see a coach literally right next to a a client Mm -hmm. doing the
2: workout, and then
1: afterwards laying on the floor just like the client. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right now, I mean, you can go watch a coach do a workout four times a day, watch them like do the workout, and they're like tired and wiped out afterwards. That's right. Yeah. And I I don't know, in a strange,
1: in a very strange and twisted, unpredictable way, what this new uh form of going about life is giving us is access to the people the way we wanted to have access anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just giving a lot a lot of us more courage to say, uh yeah, I'm gonna film this workout in my driveway, and yes my garden needs to be cut, but probably so does yours. <laughs> so yeah. let's just let's just get after it. So yeah. one thing we want to talk about today though, uh literally the reason we turned on the mic today was at least working out this connection between your physical health and your mental health and how the the struggle right now, I think is not predominantly for physical health, it's actually for mental health. So to discuss how do we use one to get to the other, maybe some things that we're doing personally to try to figure out how to make sure that we stay sane. There are a lot of people out there and we can say this just as a generality so we don't have to own it, but there are a lot of people out there who struggle with Anxiety, who struggle with seasonal depression. My goodness, we've just come through what's felt like the longest, wettest winter in the history of ever. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be outside now, like at the parks and those sorts of things. And there's been a little bit of a damper on that. So for the, our, the people who are listening, how do we, what advice do we want to give them to say, hey, physical activity in whatever form you can pursue it is going to help your mental health. You know, where do we start there? It's a pretty big
2: topic. I don't know. I think the first thing that I'll, I always notice about people who start uh, doing CrossFit consistently is the the resiliency that it starts to give them. Because they so many people come in and they doubt themselves. They don't think they can do something. And then you get in the middle of the workout, and everybody's had this. You know, it happens all the time. You get in the, of the workout. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this workout. Mm. And then you push through and you finish. And you, build, you just gain a little bit of self-confidence. And if you consistently do that over a long period of time, you're um, developing this, this stronger mental state that's going to transfer over into every other area of life. Um, and so I think when you are doing that consistently, you are training yourself to be a mentally uh, stronger person. That's not to say you're not going to have your moments where you break down and all that type of stuff, but it makes you more resilient. It makes you better able to deal with adversity. If something like the coronavirus comes up and and jumps all over you out of nowhere and you don't know how to respond, well, you you haven't trained for that specific thing, but you have trained yourself to uh, get hit in the mouth and keep going, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that's the first thing um, I see with people is they start getting more confidence in themselves because they start seeing that they're capable of so much more um, than they realized when they first started.
1: Yeah, I, I really agree with that point. And so let's let's go to like the base level. Let's say that someone's just getting started in their CrossFit or fitness career and then bam, this hits. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's take that as a start. Well, you have something that you can approach every day that's going to be difficult. It should be difficult. You know, that's the part for me that I had to wrap my mind around in the very beginning. It isn't like it's hard for me and easy
2: for everybody else here. It's difficult for everyone. It's hard for everybody. No matter how f- The fittest person in the world, it's they're still wiped out after workouts. Yeah, that's right. They, they may, still feel the same pain.
1: Yeah. You're, they may finish faster than you, but as far as like a work-to-pain ratio, you're probably sitting right there. They're just a little further along in their journey. Um, and I think with something like, like COVID-19, I, you're looking at it like, man, this is hard for me. I wonder if it's hard for everybody else uh, as well. But... The truth is, yes, if something's difficult for you, there's a pretty large chance that it's really difficult for other people, too. Mm-hmm. What I've learned through CrossFit is I need to stop judging myself in the middle of the challenge. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now are wondering, especially because we're social distancing and we're kind of up in our mind, if we're having a little trouble hanging on to our mental sanity or having trouble focusing on things, we're not the only people that are feeling those symptoms. Um, so getting out there and doing something physically challenging, especially being able to be connected like we are inside the Cody family. You're like, hey, we're all on Facebook. We're commenting back and forth. We're getting on SugarWide. This was hard for everyone else too. I've had this experience recently. I get on Sugar Wide, I'm like, whoa, I finished better than I thought I was. Yeah. Like I was pretty down about the workout. Yeah. And then later on in the day, I'm like, wow, I only had to scroll down three times to get, <laughs> to, get to my, <laughs> my name. You know, so I think being able to build, we talk about this a lot, but it's especially applicable now, talking about building this muscle to handle adversity Mm -hmm. and realizing you're not alone in it. I think that really calms down that mental space a little bit to say, hey, there are other people out there just like me. They're struggling with this just like I am. So, I mean, maybe it's a, it shows how twisted I am. But for me, I want to know that other people are suffering too. And that, <laughs> that makes me me feel better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and
2: that's part of being in the group setting. Like, that's one of the reasons it's so hard to train by yourself consistently. Is like, you're, um, I'm the only person here doing this. It's just hard. It's easy to slow down because it hurts. But when you got somebody right there next to you, and you hear them breathing hard, and you see the pain on their face, and you see them pushing through, it motivates you to want to be able to do it. But in general, I've always heard that. I've heard people say that like. CrossFit turns down the volume on life, everything, everywhere else, yeah. and it's like you go in and you do something hard It makes things outside the gym not seem quite so hard You know yeah. if say we'll take somebody for example who doesn't come to the gym and train maybe they don't train at all well Something happens at work. That's gonna be the hardest thing they deal with that day, but CrossFit athletes nine times out of 10 that that CrossFit workout is going to be the hardest thing that they've dealt with that day. Mm -hmm. The most discomfortable, uh, uncomfortable feeling, um, most discomfort they're going to be in all day. It it, just pain. You're so caught up in it that you don't know if you're gonna be able to finish, but then you finish and you get through it and then something bad happens at work. Well, you've already dealt with something that was hard, that felt worse than this. So you can get through this. And so people, it, it turns down the volume on everything else. you know if something bad happens, it's like, hey, I this sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy about it, but I've consistently shown myself over time that I can um, overcome adversity and I can deal with this and I will get through this. But people that, that aren't consistently training that, they, they might panic because they haven't shown themselves consistently that they can do that.
1: Sure. Yeah, you know it's so fitting right now we were breaking down after the the WADs, we were saying, trust the process. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's been a couple of days where I'm driving home after the the WAD, you know, you're in this kind of this uh, excited, this endorphin state, you know, that exercise gives you, which is another benefit, but I usually do some of my best thinking on the way home from the gym in the car. And I'm thinking, trust the process, but I'm thinking about my work life, I'm thinking about my family life, like there's so much to, trusting the process and what we've done inside of of our arena is we're going to keep this process going. It's going to look different, but the process is still going to be there. And I think the, the mental clarity that that provides to have some consistency, you know, schools right now are trying to figure out how to have that. Churches are trying to figure out how to have that. Friend groups are trying to figure out how to have that. And right now for Coyote, we know exactly how to have that, to have that consistency. So I think that's a big mental benefit of everything that's different, okay? Mm-hmm. What's going on inside of Coyote is actually a lot the same. Mm-hmm. I still get to hop on and see the coach that I was gonna see uh, five times a week anyway. Yeah, I still get to walk outside and get to that place where I'm like, oh my gosh, what led me to make the decision to choose to exercise through CrossFit anyway? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that fight or flight that happens every day. So a lot, of this, a lot of the stuff remains the same, which is really beneficial. But there's a lot of science behind having your body being active is very good for you mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. You know? So what I've seen, even in these few days that we've been in this, is people are reaching for things that they think are going to bring them some mental stability or clarity, but actually it's only adding to the stress because yeah. what do we do during these times? We try to find the path of least resistance, which actually is a really, really bad idea. Yeah. And being able to uh, hop outside in your garage or as you mentioned last episode, even in your living room, being physically active just does something for you that helps bring you clarity, you know? Uh, this I'm gonna geek out for just a second, Go is that right? I was uh, I was reading, unlike Hunter, I do a lot of reading. <laughs> I was reading the other day, and uh, some of the best thinkers in history took lengthy walks every day, Yeah. every day. And they've actually linked this to science that your foot hitting the ground helps aid the blood supply to circulate through your brain at a higher rate. So you actually have better thoughts when you're, when you're being active. So here's, here's what we find ourselves in. You need to sit on your couch for a lengthy period of time, trying the best you can to ignore your kids, <laughs> watching Netflix and having that anxiety build, or you can literally step outside, take an hour to walk, 45 minutes to walk. You know, Today, uh, my wife and I walked today. It took us, uh, because we had our dog with us, it took us an hour and five minutes to walk a 5K. So, I mean, it's really not that big of a time. Conveyor. Yeah. When we're talking the whole way, or she's talking the whole way. To be honest. <laughs> she's talking. I'm uh-huh. listening. <laughs> she's talking. Right. I'm listening. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, those kind of male responses. Uh, man, I cannot tell you how much better I felt after that walk than before. So my question to you guys is, as far as the physical activity is concerned, do you feel that same benefit? Absolutely. When you're active?
2: Yeah. Yeah. As far as the, 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 the thinking i've had some like incredible thoughts like in the middle of rowing and rolls in my reps like something that will just hit me out of nowhere i'm like i've been trying to solve this problem and i just figured it out all of a sudden but going for walks it puts you in a better mood you start thinking clearer it puts things in perspective you can kind of um take whatever problem is coming coming at you and you can really try to figure out exactly how you need to attack it whereas if you if you're just sitting there and you don't really get have any blood flow, and you can get overwhelmed and, and get that anxiety. But it's amazing. Like you, people always come a lot. They always come to the gym before the gym, and a lot of them. A lot of times, they'll be nervous. You can tell they're scared about the workout, or whatever. And then afterwards, everybody's talking, laughing, whatever. Everybody's in a great mood, and then that's when like some really deep conversations can happen, or some really profound things can be said because it, there is science to it. Your your brain works better. Um, when it is stimulated like that, when you you really push yourself to that limit, and you step back and and recover, and those endorphins are flowing, and the blood's flowing, and um, it, it I mean it's therapeutic. Uh, there's so many positives to to it that it's just people get in a bad mood when they don't work out for a couple of days. I get in a bad mood when I don't work out for a couple days. Um, you you miss that feeling of like hey maybe this thing sucks, but I, I can at least, at least I can work out. At least I can take care of myself. At least I can do what I consistently do over time, and I have control over this area of my life. So maybe that'll spill over into other areas. Man, I, I have never thought about it the way that
1: you're putting it out there right now. But so many guys, uh, yeah. men and women, walk through those glass doors to work out, and their their iPhone is literally stuck to their face, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can tell they're frustrated. Like I tried to end this conversation 20 <laughs> minutes ago. And then they finally get finished, they change clothes, they throw that phone uh, on a on table or something or in their backpack, and they distance themselves from that type of responsibility. They do the hardest thing they've done all day for an hour, roughly an hour. And then afterwards, I see people that hang out. Uh, I'm not hanging out. I'm doing the extra cleaning jerk. Uh, I see guys that hang out, and, and they're all like congregating, and they'll spend another 30 to 45 minutes socially just interacting with Mm -hmm. each other, it just, I haven't thought about it the way that you're saying it, but it makes sense that if we could grab onto that while we are apart from each other, that that would be good for us to kind of view ourselves as, all right, here's the point in my day where I've got to separate from technology. Uh, I've got to get outside. There's also a lot of research about just scope, how being in an open space is settling for your mind as opposed to a closed space. So being able to get outdoors and distance yourself from technology. But the last piece that we haven't discussed a lot about uh, so far is making sure that you have some people with you. I mean, um, a lot of people are stuck in this quarantine with their families. Yeah, <laughs> I say, I say stuck because that's how we feel. Um, but I know uh, I have chosen to do this. I know my wife has chosen to do this. We're going to exercise together we're just going to be far apart from one another, you know, like we're not going to be passing a dumbbell back and forth. But that last social piece, um, I think it's just really important for us, the people that are on this podcast, to make sure that the people that are listening know that we care about their mental health. Mm-hmm. We're not just talking about physically staying involved with workouts and stuff so that there'll be participants in Coyote when all this is over. We want to make sure that they feel cared for as they're going through this. And their, their mental health to us is just as important as their physical health. You know? So we, certainly it'd be cool if you could hit some PRs or you got you know the most strict pull-ups you've gotten in your life. Because that's really all you've been doing. But also to be able to say, when we get out of this together, we're in a better, better mental place than we were before. Also because we're able to, to lean on each other. So let's let's wrap the conversation up. This part of it anyway, with this word. We we use this word a lot, actually, and that's intentionality. We've got to be intentional about this, right, Hunter? If we're mm-hmm. if we're going to pursue mental health through physical health, it's not going to happen by accident. Unfortunately, we know that, right? So right. some intentional steps. Because let's be very forthright here. Of the three men sitting here, Hunter is the most intentional, disciplined guy between all of us, among all of us. Listen, you're. To- I'm telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do that. Like the how-to tips and tricks. How? What can we do during this time to be more intentional about that?
2: I think you just have to figure out. You know, you have to take a good hard look at yourself and figure out what, what areas am I strong? What areas am I weak? What areas uh, could I benefit from? And make a make a point of it. You know, make make. If you're stuck at home, make. Uh, checklist that you want to try to do every single day you know that type of thing you you start you start saying you're going to do something and then you do it you're going to start building confidence and trust in yourself and you'll be more likely to do the next thing if you say yourself you're going to do it so it's all it's building that muscle of trust in, in yourself and if you can learn to start trusting yourself and doing following through with what you want to do and what you say you're going to do that's going to spill over to every other area of your life um, and so that that that's what I would say is just Figure out what what area do I want to improve on. What thing do I want to get better at, and start making a discipline of it. And then you talk about the community aspect. You know, find somebody else who has the same desires or uh, you know wants the same things as you do, and start um, you know have them do things with them. Have them hold you accountable. Tell them what you want to do, and um, be be vulnerable and open with them. And then um, share that with them. And then give them the ability to um, call you out if you don't do what you say you're going to do yeah I I just thinking there's a lot of
1: us who are listening who work out at a similar time each day have similar people that we're like we're around the same folks every day Mm -hmm. and uh, honestly I miss a lot of those guys being able to see them and connect with them so that could be one step that I could take is reach out be a group uh, chat and say hey guys I'm struggling here, you know. Yeah. Like, what, what's something we're going to do? And uh, if nothing else, the guys that I'm around love to turn anything into a bet for a kill cliff or a case of kill which cliff. we all agree is very healthy. Very. We very continue to that. support. That's right. We continue to support that habit, but taking that step to reach out. And I think we've said this before on the podcast, but there's nothing wrong with starting with small intentional steps, right? And then building on that. So mm-hmm. take advantage of the time that we have. You don't have to start with a 45-minute walk. You start with a 10-minute walk, you know, and once you do that 10 minutes for a couple of days, you're like, all right, I'm ready ready for a little bit more. If you want to put yourself in a movement challenge, it doesn't have to start with 100. You know, I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day for whatever. Start with something a little more attainable, which I think is going to allow you to increase the, the community that's going to be willing to participate in that with you, you know, so... I guess wrapping up this portion of it, we just want to make sure that people uh, feel that we're all kind of in this together, Mm -hmm. right? And we're all going to go through a couple of different waves of, all right, I'm about to lose my mind, (laughs) so (laughs) what's something I can do to to ease that tension just a little bit? And uh, being able to participate in a physical challenge is certainly going to take you much further uh, than watching that extra Mad Men episode. Right. That's you can the, you can do both. You can do both. Yeah, take that. Take Just be that. Be disciplined right. in both. Yeah, that's right. Be disciplined in both. So speaking Discipline. speaking of Batman, we get to our favorite episode, a uh, part of the episode that I think Chase should introduce. How's our Wow. <laughs> <That> nailed it. <laughs> You know what that reminded me of? What? The fourth of July when you get the pack of fireworks. You go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get the bottle rocket like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or when it's like it goes it does a
1: really loud like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No pop, no pop. But the segment is definitely going to be better than the intro into the segment. Yes. I believe it's the first time we've done this on the Cowdy podcast. I think so.
0: Guilty Pleasures. we had to get closer as a group of guys for us to be able to like do this
1: yeah we together. had to be in a safe environment yeah. like a garage so we're
0: going to end episode now and talk about
1: it we'll, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll let it later yeah show notes so you can read it <laughs> show we'll notes. link out to all our guilty pleasures so guilty pleasures uh really covers a lot of things yeah uh we're not like in a confessional mindset right now except for like you know music entertainment uh, we've done snack foods before. I think that was us just trying to get a little closer to the line, Tipping the yeah. toe. yeah, yeah, dipping the toe in the water. What are guilty pleasures? So um, I don't know who's brave enough to go first here. I'll go. You'll go. I'm probably about to. i um, I'm
0: about to open this up for a lot of people that maybe that are that are like of our age. Okay. How how wide this age gap is, we won't say. That's right. yeah, but that's right. Yeah. There's a lot of people in our demographic that probably wouldn't say this out loud uh, in public anyway, uh, but I, I'm here to say it. One, I'm going to start with a food one okay? because I want to say it, and I kind of enjoy getting yelled at as much as I do about it. But I'm not saying they're the best, but once again, Oreo thins are worth your time. <laughs> they're not that bad. Okay? You just they're,
1: have to prove to me, how do they participate with milk? That's what I want to know. See where they become beneficial is that they don't need milk like other Oreos do. Ah, oh, I just I don't know. Yeah. Every time I have an Oreo and there's no milk. Do I you just, dip every I cookie? I like we're in the middle of a pandemic. Do you dip
0: every cookie in milk? No, just Oreos. You have to operate like they're not Oreos. They're just a whole, they're a whole other cookie that if you close off from the double stuff, the quadruple stuff, the Big Mac stuff, <laughs> they're worth your time. It's Let's a whole you, it's bag. a whole different thing. Okay. okay. Um, now to the one that you asked for. There there used to be an app.
1: Wait a minute. I oh, see how this is go. emotionally affecting you. Like I'm you I'm drawn in. I'm this sad is, our listeners
0: can't see this. This is how much it means to me. I'm eyes closed telling you this so I can picture it as I need to. There used to be an app that had a script-based letter and like a lime green, soft green like app color as its background called Vine. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out of nowhere and people didn't understand it at first it flew too close to the sun for the uninitiated it did fly too close to the sun but if you <laughs> were willing to actually get into the ship and take the ride there is some comedy on Vine that I didn't know the genre existed how do I get to it? it's deleted Okay. Twitter bought Vine and after a while, liquidated it because they said it was not making them any money. That's fair. I have no idea how all that okay. works. Okay. Whatever. Now, there are relics called Vine compilations that live on YouTube. So it's one more reason to go to YouTube. There you I'll go. I'll never diminish that. But the titles themselves are funny. It's like some of the compilations are called like Clean Vines to Show Your Grandma or this... This Vine compilation cured my diabetes, stuff like that. It's a good laugh right out of the gate, and then you dive off into it, and there is some ironic, highbrow at the same time lowbrow humor that you didn't know you needed in your life. But I'm here to tell you that it exists. Just go to YouTube.com, HTTP colon slash slash slash, colon www.youtube.com, in the search bar at the top of the website, you can type with your keyboard Vine compilation. It'll take you to a whole different world. Change your life. It really will. So the compilation with Oreo thins. You can because Oreo thins dissolve almost at the thought of them, (laughs) you can crush an entire box of them within one bond compilation, okay? So be prepared for that. (laughs) But you'll enjoy the journey and it's worth your time. Guaranteed. Boom. 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 Guaranteed. That's all I have to say. All
1: right, so you have a food and an entertainment. Well, you you said no food
0: this time, but I'm kind of I'm the rebel that like okay. I, it was in my mind,
1: and I had to say it.
2: I'm gonna rebel too because I missed the snacks episode. That's last true. Time. You
1: did, yeah. Are we? Maybe we said your snacks for you. Did you say my? Snacks? I don't know. We, I don't we, think he did. If someone's not there, we usually make
2: up their answers. But mine is definitely chips. I have, a, I have a very big weakness for chips, what? potato chips. I love chips. So, are you a classic chip guy, flavored chip guy? I like guy? them all. I like them all. <laughs> I like them all, Ben. I don't I'm discriminate. A, I'm a Cheetos guy from way back. Mm. When I was a kid, I used to love which Cheetos? ones? Just the, crunchy the original ones? The Cheetos. Puffs? I like Puffs too, yeah, but what, which, one, which one came first? Uh, did the Crunchy come first? Crunchy came first, though. Yeah, Crunchy yeah. was the first one. Puffs was an offspring. Once again,
0: yeah. age gap. Yeah. yeah, it does exist. Crunchy. Yeah, I mean, Every time
2: I walk by the, the big uh, bucket of cheese balls at, at the grocery <laughs> store, I always want to get it. <laughs> have you, have you <laughs> never gotten it? Oh, man. I've never gotten it. I mean, I've eaten cheese balls. The
0: Sam's Club cheese balls are bar none. The best cheese. Next episode, we're going to have a bucket of those. (laughs) A bucket
2: of cheese.
1: And we're going to finish. We're not stopping the episode. Granted, we can meet together. Until the cheese balls are gone. We're not stopping the episode. I'm A okay with that. I might even talk. So (laughs) I'll do a lot of the work for us. And back to Chase.
2: I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Still chewing. I would say Cheetos just because Cheetos is not very like. Not a manly chip, you know. Yeah, you gotta true. lick your fingers you after. Kind of get looked down on for for liking Cheetos. Liking yeah, Cheetos, it, yeah liking it it Cheetos, like like it feels like I
1: want to say, "Hey, Hunter, can I borrow your Capri Sun?" <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: like, if you're having
1: Cheetos, you need a Capri Sun or yeah. a, little, a little juice barrel. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I love
2: Cheetos. I'm, I'm a Cheetos guy. I have
1: a snack that falls into that category: the uh, iced animal cookie.
2: Oh, is uh is a cracker cookie? My wife actually, when I went to the store the other day, she told me to get the animal crackers with the icing, icing. and sprinkles on them.
1: They're, they're pretty ridiculous. I don't know what's in those things, but it's highly addictive. There's like a lawsuit, got, a tobacco lawsuit. I got, lawsuit a, I got an measure. idea. I don't
2: take a drug test.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. So I said before we started uh, this episode that Hall & was kind of one of my guilty pleasures. So um, I don't know. I have a lot of, a lot of guilty pleasures that are music based that are just kind of out of style now that are a little mm-hmm. bit embarrassing to admit. Uh, but once I link on to an artist, I kind of stick with them, um, you know, unless they do something crazy. You know, I, I did have to stop listening to a few guys once their documentaries on, on Netflix came out. Like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't like this guy. But uh, for me, a lot, a lot of guilty pleasures come down to snack foods. Uh, and I think we've discussed this before. I'm a little Debbie uh, well, man, we know man little at club. heart. Any
2: hostess in there? Little Debbie man.
1: Hostess only happens if you're in the middle of a pandemic and Little Debbie's already been pillaged. I disagree. There's yeah. one hostess that shines through,
0: and I've rediscovered them as of late. Rachel keeps buying them for me. Ding dongs. Ding dongs. Yes. Yeah. So good.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would go with that. Originally, those were wrapped in foil, which is crazy. Like totally different from great other. time. Probably lead foil. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably lead foil. Um, okay, here's another guilty pleasure of mine, and I hesitate to admit this which shows that it's a guilty pleasure. Good. I don't know how to say the name of this, but... Fudge <laughs> But... <laughs> oatmeal oh, milk cream pie. No, I'm kidding. Star Crunch. <laughs> honey bun. Um, I don't know how to say the name, but I do love this, and it's, they're way too expensive for what you get. But Belega, if you guys had a pair of these socks, they're runner socks, and oh. they will change your life. Why? They're pretty incredible. They're ridiculously wicking. I mean, they'll probably give you cancer, whatever chemicals in there, (laughs) eating up the sweat. Uh, But these socks are incredible, and they last for years. The last pair that I purchased, this one pair of socks, lasts four years. Wow, it's like, a long time for socks. Yeah, I think it is. Which, I don't know, Stance probably, Stance feels like they hang around for a while, too. Yeah, right? I've
2: had a pair of Stance socks for five years. Yeah, a bunch this, of pairs, here. These are
1: the kind of the runners, like, I'm a kid of the 90s, so these Balegas, they have a really cool no-show version. Uh,
2: no, I'm, the 90s no-show was the, the tall sock that you just folded over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, or like cut off
0: right at the top of your shoe. Yeah, but right. then there's no elastic in that part, so it just kind of... It's a little
1: loose Yeah, it's, it's the little of your ankle. Uh, pistol Pete Maravich. Um, <laughs> so, another one of my guilty pleasures, which has become public knowledge uh, since I have a very public job that puts me on, on a stage a lot uh, footwear. I have a, I have a big problem with footwear. Yeah. I spend way, cumulatively, way too much money on shoes. My latest thing has been leather boots. Like I finally took the, the jump into the leather boot genre. Wow. I gotta drop the brand on there. Yeah, so yeah, I got into the Iron Rangers, obviously is the gateway boot, and I uh, got into that. Now I'm into the Wolverine thousand mile. So I thankfully I realized that I had a problem, which is the first step in a guilty is. pleasure is admitting the problem. That's how you managed to get over your pen obsession? Yes, yeah, I had that for a while, which is a much cheaper guilty pleasure, than but more time consuming because there's way more. So items out there. so many more, so many more. Uh, another guilty pleasure I have, I think, is um, like the true crime podcast stuff. Oh, I don't yeah. think that's guilty anymore. Those really, are, those I are
2: think, hot right now. Really? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think I think you're among the eclectic.
0: Oh, okay. That enjoyed that a lot. Okay, so maybe I, so I should feel less guilty about that? Oh, yeah, yeah don't
1: feel guilty. Okay. Yeah, that's highbrow. Yeah. All right, th- I mean, I think that's all the guilty pleasures I'm comfortable sharing on a very public topic. I do I have one more. Oh. Saving the best for
0: last. This is going to sound like a meme, but I mean it wholeheartedly. <laughs> there, there were a couple of albums that came out in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s by a little band based macelli. no okay. close not really based off uh, the reverse side of a certain coin does anyone get oh that no
1: wait you know what I know from our
0: time in Waffle House exactly where you're going with no this. that is not that oh. I, don't, I do not enjoy that Nickelback song oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the stuff that I do enjoy because they have tasty guitar riffs and if they weren't such a I'm, gonna, I'm sorry to say this on your podcast owner. Such a douchey band. <laughs> <laughs> they would get more praise. But some of the heavier Nickelback stuff has some of the more interesting and tasteful guitar, like heavy distortion guitar, guitar licks that yeah, I've tasteful. heard. Very, Very tasteful.
2: tasteful. That, that's a, that's I definitely too Yeah, Nickelback. Nickelback yeah.
0: Granted, they sing about the worst like mid-40s, <laughs> early-50s mom rock that I've ever heard. <laughs> like, partying in bars and staying up all night and whatnot. Okay, less tastefully than like millennials did. Let's tell the
1: backstory here. We're stuck in a Waffle House together with a lot of our, our in, friends. Uh, is this, was this Memphis or Atlanta? I think it was Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta. Formerly, this group of people was my friends. Yeah. They tricked me into going up to the jukebox at Waffle House to pick a few songs. And I do pick a few songs. What I did not realize is that there were literally 14 or 15 nickelback. Same song over and over again. Look at this photograph. It played for our entire time at Waffle House. Even the staff stopped and was like, what's going on on here?
0: So what we found out before we convinced you to go up and order some songs was that the the jukebox at Waffle House have an app now because they're digital-based jukeboxes. Yes. And one guy on our staff named Chris discovered this and always the prankster, he plays Nickelback's photograph literally any chance he gets to. Every (laughs) time. In the most unsuspecting times. And immediately after Ben leaves the jukebox, looking like Ben has picked these songs that plays about 14 or 15 uh, renditions of photograph, literally back to back. Back -back It took up about an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. We finally just had to leave because everyone was so mad at us. Yes. But you are admitting that you like this band. The the
0: B-side version of them, yes. Chris, Chris would be proud. Is there There's a difference between, between oh, the A and the
2: B side? Really? I'm so confused. Chris Not, likes
1: Nickelback. Now you've just opened up the Pandora's box. I'll first. show you afterwards.
2: When I just don't even. Out. I don't know that you can convince me. You're, saw, oh, you're gonna hate it. I saw <laughs> a like it. a meme on Instagram relating to this, and it was a guy. He said, "My wife or girlfriend went to went out with her friends, and I stayed at home." But luckily, I figured out that the bar they went to have you can control the, uh, the, <laughs> the the songs from like an app. And apparently, he played Chumbawamba <laughs> on repeat. He bought like he bought like an hour straight of it. And then he started texting her, and he was like, "How's it going? Are you having a whiskey drink? Are you having a vodka drink? Are you having a live drink?" And then and she's like, "What are you talking about? Wait, are you
1: doing this?" <laughs> Complete respect for whoever that guy was. <laughs> well done. And my hat's off to Chris as well because it ended up, normally we wouldn't be talking about a trip. Oh, Chris, not this yeah, Chris. Yeah, we were talking about a trip to Waffle House, you know, this far after. So, yeah. guilty pleasures. This would actually be uh, good when we post this on our social social media outlets for people to hop on and say what their guilty pleasure That would was. be good. Yeah. I'm sure there would be a lot of people in the Hall and Oats camp you
0: know yeah I meant to say that
1: I don't think they're a guilty pleasure
0: unless all of us have the same guilty pleasure yeah maybe people don't talk about Hall & Oates Oates enough enough so it seems like a guilty pleasure with a
1: group with that many number ones it it would be hard to Hall & Oates they're
2: just a this is a good band it's
1: just a good sound they're happy sounding if you have an album that's like the essential blank
2: it probably takes them out of the guilty pleasure category so I agree you know Guilty pleasure. If you um, can pull off that mustache, I mean,
1: believe me, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> that's so maybe we should transition to our final part of the episode now of recommends. You got any yes. recommends rolling right now? Anybody? With all of our digital content consumption, surely there's something out there. I mentioned this. I think is it, was it earlier this episode or
0: last episode? I can't remember. It all kind of runs together. But I mentioned that SNL is. I think it was the beginning of this episode. SNL has uploaded like almost their entire catalog, at least a lot of the really major hits, uh, up on their YouTube channel. And man, if you if you're into week four of this whole self isolation thing and you're kind of running out of steam, <laughs> it's worth going and uh, cool, digging deep. It's it's so good. Just get off the shed on there. It's one of my favorites. Uh, wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, but I haven't seen it on there. Man. But probably, you, have, you do have to do a bit of digging. A bit of digging.
1: I'll, look, that's worth it. I've got yeah. time. <laughs> Get off the shed <laughs> It's just like a summary of Parenthood right there in one thing. So anything, Will Ferrell, honestly. Yeah. So you're saying YouTube as a ten thousand feet recommend. When, while you're on YouTube, Vines, pursue and SNL Vines and SNL. That's where you need to go. Yes. Man,
2: you can go deep down that YouTube rabbit hole real quick. There's Man. literally an infinite amount of things in
1: there. Literally forever. The rest of your life you could be watching.
2: All right, Hunter, you've got, you've got something to I dread. got a book. Uh, we've talked about a lot of YouTube and TV and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth. It fits right along. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> it fits right along with uh, you know stuff we always talk about on the podcast uh, the subtitle is the pa- the power of passion and perseverance but it just talks about um, the importance of grit um, as far as like success and achieving your goals as as opposed to um, talent and you know we talk about that yeah you we know, do the growth yeah. mindset all the time but she she goes at it at a really um this the scientific studies angle she really examines a lot of studies that are backing up like the, the importance of grit to to achieving um whatever you want to achieve and what makes people successful so um grit Angel duckworth really good book does you. it fall into one of those quick quick reads yeah it's or a like fast great? read yeah
1: because <laughs> you do pick some 400 page books yeah
2: no this is a this is a short very accessible read. yeah
1: yeah 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 and like ryan holiday accessible
2: yeah, I mean, like mindset, uh, the, okay. that type of book. Yeah, James Clear, those yeah, kind of guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, I do have a show that's a little bit odd to recommend, but we're, I've just stumbled into Price it. is Right. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, pre. Anyway, um, it's it's a show called The Restaurant, mm. and it's very Downton Abbey like, uh, which a lot of people were into that. Uh, maybe I should list that as a guilty pleasure. I definitely enjoyed that show. it's yeah. pretty fascinating for me. Um, But the restaurant is Swedish. It's a show with subtitles. We've discussed this before. Huge turnoff for me. I'm like, I get into a subtitle show, I'm like, out. But this one captured my attention. I think I'm five episodes in now, four or five episodes in. Pretty cool storyline. As you can predict, it's about uh, what it takes to keep a restaurant open and how quickly restaurants can kind of get out of control. Mm -hmm. It's set during the the culmination of World War II, so man, it just hits me right in the feels. So I don't know, it's one of those shows that you may like it, you may not, but with all the time that we have now.
2: That sounds cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's willing, like I'm willing to read, I've now been willing to read for four 50-minute episodes. There's something to it. What channel? Uh, You can find it on uh, Amazon, actually. If you get on Amazon Prime, you can find that. I don't know if it's on Netflix as well, but it it came across like popular right now sort of thing, so I think everybody's really reaching to the corners of the the Prime universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's worth checking out. I've actually slowed down in my reading because I'm having to engage with screens so much these days and write so much, so hopefully the scales will tip eventually, but uh, that's a show I would highly recommend pursuing. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Well, well, see you later.